Thank yeah. you. The, the glow is hitting your, your face. It's like red on your face. It looks really Suspiria and oh, sexy. Gee. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So. Hello, hello, and welcome to Black Friday Special Edition. <laughs> Before and afters, we are just another movie night. I'm Scott, and that's JoJo. Hi. Yeah, we're doing Black Friday. Black Friday. We wanted to do something a little different because we watch way too much, and we 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 love to do so many other shows, but we don't do them. Um, there's yeah. so many things we want to love to do, so we're gonna. Do something a little different for before and afters on this blackest of Fridays. <laughs> We're going to talk about TV shows. We're going to yeah. do a little catch up. We've watched a lot of shows this year. Yeah, and so we, many. We haven't been able to talk about most of them. And we're still watching more. Yeah, we still have more. We just actually started another one. Yeah, we, we got <laughs> actually, so many we started going two on. new yeah. ones. So, we're yeah. trying to catch up on so many things. But we're going to talk about four particular shows today i think okay so um lead the way since this is gonna be a little different it's showtime it's showtime (laughs) um yeah that was my talking trash voice i I have to change it that was your talking trash talking trash showtime so showtime there you go a little smoky showtime (laughs) Uh, first one let's talk about off the top of my head we're just going to go and I'm going to randomly we're just gonna talk wing about it. shows. Yeah. Because a lot of these I'm really interested in talking about. Okay. But let's talk about the one that's the easiest to talk about first. We're going to talk about the Cabinet of Curiosities. Picture your mind as a cabinet. Where you lock up your darkest thoughts and deepest fears. What would happen if you opened that cabinet for the world to see? We are about to find out. Welcome to my cabinet of curiosities. Oh, goody. Okay. By uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Love him. Which shockingly didn't direct any of them. No, no. I was expecting at least one from him, but the man... Really has a lot of projects on his shoulders all the time. Yeah, he does. I mean, he created the show, and um, he he handed the reins to other directors, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, but um, kind of like a new Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, um, that's what I would think. It's kind of it's like that Tales from the Dark Side, like yeah, that show of, when I was yeah. we were, when we were growing up, we had Tales from the Dark Side, Twilight Zone, that kind of thing. And I hold Twilight Zone extremely dear to me. Yes, me too. It's and I my think favorite show of all time. It probably influenced in so many people that we love, directors and writers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like still to this day, episodes of that show have been ripped off 
repeated. Oh my god, of course everybody copies the Twilight so Zone. I hold it so dear. And I really enjoyed watching this show because it felt very close, very similar to that. Yeah. E- especially since he is doing the intros, you know. Oh yeah, he does the intro. Like in- Serling did. Yes, and he he kind of is like the he he's like the Mexican um, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, I can't, it's yeah, kind of cute. Like I I love less him. funny. He's very serious. Oh yeah, no no no. He so is he's very Serling. All business, me. yeah, all business, one hundred percent. Um, the this was a this was a good watch. I think what was really interesting about it for me, I would say the particular the two middle episodes were the most interesting. Uh, it started off a little, like, very common to uh, Tales from the Crypt, which a lot of people have complained about, like, the first two episodes. They're very simple. Yeah. But I kind of really enjoyed the first two episodes. I, I thought the first one, unfortunately, ha- was just too typical. Uh, yeah. And it was about a a, a racist man who, who happened to buy a storage unit that had some crazy stuff in it. Yeah. And it's just a really like revenge tale in 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 the end it mm-hmm. just wraps up really quickly but i didn't hate it i no. thought it was a really cool idea yeah to have this thing in this room and this guy's inheriting it what i love about these things the most is these could be a, these could have been a movie the, you know each episode could have been its own movie well they were long enough to be yeah. almost a movie and, and it mean... shocks me cuz i think some of these would have been huge hits movie wise people would have been talking about them yeah i think so too um, I, I have to say that th- the first two were, were pretty decent. Um, yeah, we liked the, the second one we liked because it was kind of funny. You know, yeah. it was just this guy who just kept bumbling toward the worst thing that you can imagine toward, you know, and he kept putting himself in the situation and we were laughing the whole time and we thought it was funny. But then the third one was brilliant. The third one was the autopsy. Yes, it was. It was yeah, fantastic. That's, that one I I really liked. That was F. Murray Abraham. Oh, you're so good um, in it too. Yeah, he was great in it. That that episode stands out to me. That's number three, and then of course the one that everyone talks about, right? Well, I don't know because uh, this is very debated because a lot of people think four is not good, and a lot of people think it's great. Oh, I think four is the best of all I the think episodes. Three and four. I thought three was amazing. And I didn't think it could be topped or matched yeah. on the show. And I was like, if it gets better than this, I'll be shocked. And then 4 came along, and I personally thought it was great. Yeah, I thought I thought 4 was really fun. It was very... Um, it. I, I, everyone can kind of identify with this girl, you know, just... Well, she's the most overly... I mean, cringeworthy woman ever. Pr- I mean, everything she does is cringe. You yeah. know that she looks like uh, they went out of their way to make uh, Kate Micucci look completely. I mean, out of left field. She they gave her contacts, to make her look like she has cross eyes. Uh, she had these huge. You know, she has these huge eyes, and I really, I really like her. Now she plays Velma on Scooby Doo and stuff. Yeah. So like, I really like her. I think she's cute. Um, but they went out of their way to make her the homeliest looking person on the face of the earth. Um, and so she just wanted to fit in and she wanted to be beautiful and she just didn't want to be who she was anymore. And I feel like everyone at some point in their lives, lives can identify with that. Yeah. Um, but the things that happen in this episode are so out of 
I, it, I really it was, uh, directed. What's really cool is, is some of these episodes were uh, directed by pretty good directors. Yeah. He got some really interesting people. And this one in particular was directed by uh, the director of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, yeah. which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the director, she she's pretty great. And I would love to see more like this from her. And I was really surprised by it. Just because I think it had a really interesting take on how people react to beauty and mm-hmm. what they think they need to be mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was very creepy. It reminded me, the ending especially reminded me of Pearl, which we also liked, the movie Pearl recently. Yes. And so that was, it was special. Those two episodes in to me stood out. Yeah, there were there were um eight episodes total. Yeah. And the next one, number five, was Pikmin's model. And I don't yeah. I did not care for this one. The the two that followed uh you know, five and six, episodes five and six, both were doing HP Lovecraft. Yeah, so Pikmin's model and Dreams in the Witch House. Those were not my favorite. Yeah, I thought they were okay. I know like I think that Lovecraft is the hardest author to translate. It's very hard. Every time I've seen a translation, I haven't enjoyed it. I was talking recently to someone else about how John Carpenter with the In the Mouth of Madness kind of came the closest to me. Yeah. I've also liked uh, Underwater. A lot of strange ones. I like the ones that you don't know that's what it is. Yes. And that always intrigues me. But the ones that really are trying to do the stories kind of always fall a little bit. And I think both of those in particular just kind of like miss the mark. I agree with that. And really strangely, that those are followed up with a very strange episode. Yes, number seven is called The Viewing. Which oh, is God. directed by the director <laughs> of Mandy. You can tell. And you can tell. I, I got to say, I thought stylistic fantastic it looked amazing well yeah the set the set pieces were awesome i felt like they were in some kind of spaceship space yes it's like incredible a, to look it at. was almost like um being inside like of a like a pyramid like a art artsy pyramid yeah. but like almost like a spaceship and, spaceship and fascinatingly <laughs> it's it's like peppered with comedian actors and a couple really, you know, like uh, Peter Weller. It's a really interesting cast. It is a very strange cast because you you got a mixture of people here. And I I I'm a big fan of the slow burn. I'm a big fan of character development to reach a point of something. But this particular episode, it didn't reach a point that was satisfying. It just kind of went into another Lovecraftian it monster did. at yeah. the end. And that kind of didn't, it didn't gel well enough. But I got no. what it was trying to do, and I got some of the story it was trying to say. Yeah. But it just wasn't, it didn't, like, overall work. But, man, it was a really interesting setup. I mean, they set it up, like, uh, they kept us intrigued from minute one. Um, because I was wondering, where is this going to go? Where is this going to yeah. go? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I thought maybe... He it, it was gonna do something where like he had some kind of supernatural powers or something. Peter Weller, I mean, um, but it it just didn't really go really anywhere. I mean, not really. Yeah, I mean, it it does. It, it's trying to make a like a, a statement about 
people's desires and and their you know their wants and giving to something and, yeah because they're all he brought them all specifically for these things and some of them are sellouts and liars and yes so it, it's so, it really really it was an interesting it, it could have been really special it i could think, have but yeah it, it needed to stick the landing and it really didn't it didn't they rushed the ending and i'm like okay well Which, wait can you just give me a minute here you know like yeah why can you say something about it needs, this? Yeah, it needed a little bit more. Yeah. You are really harshing my mellow, man. More, for sure. And I, I would say that this episode's followed up with another episode that also kind of... I don't know if it 100% works, but it's it's another interesting episode. Yeah, I think that this this episode... Um, this one actually uh, starred um, Andrew Lincoln and... I, you know, we in a like very Andrew like Lincoln. subdued role. Very He's just... subdued. And so subdued, as a matter of fact, in my opinion, I felt this episode was a, a snooze fest. Wow, okay. I, I felt like it was a real sleeper, you I, know? I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a really interesting story. It's called The about Murmuring. About grief. Yeah. Oh, the, the Murmuring, yes. Yeah. It was about grief. And it, it, I thought it was, and what I liked about it was it was completely, totally different from the rest. I like to see that some of the directors decided to do something totally different. Mm -hmm. And they went for a whole nother story and a whole nother psychological story. And I liked it, but at the overall, it was just a ghost story that kind of tied into a message or something. Yeah, it and didn't we, really we, um, explain the end. It, it kind of left yeah, it... Yeah, we, we were left a little questioning of what yeah. was really what really happened yeah but, and I, I think i have my own theory of what what was really going yeah, exactly. on exactly um but that one was i mean although boring that one was not the worst i mean i i definitely will say that my favorite one was number four which is the outside that was kate micucci and then um the worst or you know not i would say the not the worst but the weakest one for me was number five, which is Pikmin's model. I did not care for that one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I so can see that. those are the, my best and my worst, and that's pretty I, I, much... I agree with you. Those are my two favorite in the middle as well. I yeah. actually liked the first four. I, I enjoyed them, and I thought they got better and better. Yeah, I liked the first four as well. The, the autopsy is my favorite, and then yeah. the other one. That's but, number uh, three. So yeah, three and four are my favorite. I would but... say, like, overall as a show, like, combined, you know, all eight all eight episodes and you know everything that i saw um i will give cabinet of curiosities a seven out of ten absolutely that's exactly what i was gonna say because anthology shows can be a hit or a miss mm -hmm. without a doubt you're always gonna have an episode that wow that was interesting yeah. and the longer they get the more they have a chance of ruining what they're doing yep so uh, since they're all completely different lengths of time and some of them were a little shorter and tighter those work a little better some of them that get longer and overbloated, like kind of ruin their message a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they do. And you could see that because you get like an hour and 10 minutes or whatever. You could have cut this down and made it like a tight little story. And I think they'd need to follow a format with that. But I like that he he's giving directors a free reign. Yes, and cool. I, I would love if this came back for I, another I season because I am a huge fan of you know the um, tales from the dark side twilight zone things like that and um and i love shows like this and yeah. i love movies that are anthologies as well so yeah. i'm down for this and i i i'm i have faith in guillermo del toro i like him a lot so i, I, I hope I, he comes back for a second season and he actually directs 
So. Yeah, I hope it comes back, and I hope to see more directors giving a chance to do episodes. Like, just, hey, do something really interesting here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, you kind of got free reign, which is kind of neat. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, it's a seven. It, it was a, It was definitely worth the watch. Definitely worth the watch, but for yeah, sure. So, yeah, let's move on to another show now. Okay. Um, which I think we need to talk about because I know we haven't really discussed it. And that would be The Patient, which was a mini-series uh, event starring Steve Carell. God. I have a compulsion to kill people. So should I tell you more about my life? Successful therapy requires a safe environment without anything like fear hanging over every session. FX is the patient. Oh, my God. And, okay, so here's the thing about this one. Now, the premise of this story is that Steve Carell is a psychologist who is kidnapped by his patient who turns out to be a serial killer. Now, that is, a to me, a home run idea. It is, yeah. But do it right. the problem here was it was extremely dull for the uh, to me for the first four episodes it i was... thought steve carell seemed very subdued yes the plot wasn't going anywhere there was just a lot of waiting and mm-hmm. although i love that usually here it did not feel like it was fully fleshed out like there was a reason but now i know you disagree overall I was kind of shocked when the last three episodes were really good. Okay, well, yeah, I, I, I do not agree with the really good part. I, I actually made a joke about this to you. I said, "Hey, you know, if you're ever having trouble sleeping, just put on the patient, and you'll go right out in thirty seconds," because this show was so goddamn boring. It was a like I just use this word snooze fest it was i mean straight up nap time yeah and i can see the first four i completely am with you i, I think this is only about how many uh, 10 episodes yeah it went the full 10 i think let, let me look but yeah i'm pretty sure it went the full 10 and it, it just wouldn't end it wouldn't end i was like at some point like you know you could have just shortened this to you know seven episodes and i, I would have been fine with this but um, uh, so here's the thing it's with 10, 10 episodes, 10 episodes. And I would definitely say that there's a problem with the first half. Yeah, it, it just did not work really well. There were some really interesting things going on in those first five episodes that made me keep watching. Yeah, because I wanted to know where it was going. But what I was really shocked about was when it finally was saying, this is what the show is all about. And yeah. it and that kind of shocked me because I wasn't. I didn't see it because I think I was looking for the standard thing that it was telling us it was, which was a man being held hostage, trying to save his life, while also trying to save other people from a serial killer. That is a really interesting concept. Right. And I was expecting that story, but what it actually turned out to be about was parenting, was about people and their kids. Yeah, how, like how you raise your child um, and what they will become or what, you know, what kind of human they will become later on in life. Not not so much even that, but more about the mistakes we make 
yeah. with each other and how we don't tell each other the things that we're thinking and how we hold back and regret things. And so every character in this had a link to a parent and that was surprisingly very well done. It was. I, I didn't mean, expect that. I ending. feel like, you know, because, you know, when you're when you're a kid, you're very impressionable and the things that you see around you and things that, you know, are done to you, they shape your life as You're just an adult. talking about the serial killer aspect. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they wanted us to sort of identify a little bit with him because his dad beat him and he had a rough childhood or whatever. But, you know, also I identify with therapist, which is Steve Carell. And I feel like, you know, I, I felt for for him. I did. I had no feelings whatsoever towards Domhnall Gleeson at all, his character. Yeah. It, um, he's just a terrible person. But, you know, he's gone through trauma and stuff. But, you know, also his mother in the show, uh, you know, just went along with him killing people. So that that was that's what I'm talking about. That That's the most interesting part to me. It was not really about a serial killer. It was really just more about the things that we don't say, the things that we don't, the, the, the relationships that we don't attach to and how we really make mistakes and we hold our anger. And so we don't say the things that we need to say, that we really feel. There was this great thing on this show. I believe it's Dave and Alan Greer yeah. who appears in this as Steve Carell's therapist in his mind. And... That's who the actor is, right? Yeah, it's David. Which is it blew me blew my mind that it was him, and he's doing a very subtle role, but it's very good. It's all expressionable, and you really he's doing everything with his face, and it's pretty damn interesting. And what you start learning is Steve Carell is starting to learn a lesson about himself. It took being hot, held hostage in this room to see what he had done wrong because he as even as a psychologist he couldn't see what he was doing and that was very interesting and surprisingly i cried in the end of the show so i was very surprised by it and i thought it was very beautiful about him and his son and how he had a misconnection with his son and the whole first half is all sleight of hand it's all telling you that it was all about the wife and the son, and that's why the relationship was strained. But it was all a lie. It was Steve Carell's version of it, because he had a blurred version of it, and he was hiding the real truth that it was really him. That was really good. I like the that same, that part of it. Yeah. yeah the I same did. thing goes with the mother, which was really interesting. Is she's the villain because she enables him. She enables her son. She does whatever he wants, and she babies him. Yep. She always wanted him to be in the house, and at the end of this. She got exactly what she wanted. He's always going to be there. Yeah. He's always going to be taking care of him. Now, a lot of people would see the ending of this movie, this this series or this miniseries, to be very disappointing, because we're expecting this ha- this normal thing that we get from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of appreciating the crazy ballsy ending, and I kind of think overall the. This will definitely push out the people who don't want to watch serious stuff, like more about people, and they need more. They won't watch this. Like the first four episodes should scare those people out. Yes. And I think if you stick with it and you see the overall package, 
This one actually is kind of impressive. I ended up liking it when I was not liking it. I actually, for the first five episodes or six episodes, I was kind of checked out and I was kind of halfway there because it was so dull. And now it doesn't help that we were watching it on Hulu with ads and and that really hurts. Um, But overall, I actually shocked about some of the interesting stuff here. And at the very end, they started, that both performances grew mm-hmm. because in the first half I was like Steve Carell is just so subdued. Yeah, he's he had so nothing dull to do. here. Nothing to do. It and was it a, didn't feel like acting. It was a stretch from like you know his normal roles that he plays. Yeah. It was different, but it wasn't different in a good way. It was like okay, is everyone asleep? Yeah. Like what is going on? And that's why I I almost barely could get through it because there's a lot of that where yeah. it's just so monotone and we're just like oh, yeah he God. seems bored. He seems bored you know, in his acting. It's very yeah. strange. He seems like he's just, you know, God, I have to be here because, yeah. you know, they're paying me. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think he produced it. I think he was very heavily involved in the making of it. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, in the end, his acting grows really hardcore when he starts becoming the person that he really is. When he starts accepting things. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I actually am impressed by it, and I'm also giving it a seven. Oh wow, God, that's a huge stretch from I it was I thought that last half when it wrapped up what it really was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I have to go much lower. I, I really did not enjoy this series. I, I did understand what they were going for and I I did um you know, I mean the best acting comes at the end in my opinion. Yeah, about the last um, four episodes. the last the last four episodes, yeah, but um, other than that, I mean, we did not need 10 episodes of this. We just didn't. Yeah, this should have been a little little tighter. And now, again, my word of the night is going to be, this should have been a little tighter. It should yeah. have been a little more condensed. But, uh, yeah, the six-episode run would have been perfect. We, we could have got through would this. Would have been fine. No, we could have got through this in five episodes. We did not need all this. It was <laughs> too dragged out. It was just, you know, it was boring. It was just boring. And I get the message, and that's the only reason I'm giving it a five. It Oh, wow. Oh, geez. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there there is something that really makes it even worse is that there is a couple subplots of murder mm-hmm. that are ridiculous. And there's so much disbelief that you have to be involved in here because this person would be caught. Absolutely. And, and, and it's just so stupid. It was stupid. But beyond that, that mm-hmm. message that they were really trying to go for was impressive to me. So... That's a seven for me, but yeah, that's that's a little too high. All right, so, um, so let's move on yeah, to something now. On. The meat stuff, the stuff that I really want to talk about. Okay, so we're gonna move on to. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one of those two that I want to leave for last, because there's one. I, both of these I can rant about for three days straight. So I'm gonna try to calm myself, <laughs> but let's just say eeny meeny miny mo and just go. Let's talk about rings of power. Each of us. Everyone must decide who we shall be. I am not the hero you seek. Whatever it was you did, be free of it. One day this will be your kingdom. Raise your sail and then let go. Choose not the path of fear. But that of faith. 
Okay, so... The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, an Amazon TV show. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, just just so you guys know, um, you can watch Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Hulu has The Patient, and then Amazon has Rings of Power. Mm -hmm. And um, I gotta tell you something. This really hit me in my gut, because... This one was a tough one. I am obsessed with Lord of the Rings, and I was going into this so excited, so excited... And um, I was really, really monstrously let down. And I will say that, yes, the visuals and the set pieces and everything, the wardrobe and stuff, everything, that, you know, that's all eye candy. The eye candy was there, you know? Like, my eyeballs were happy looking at the beauty of, you know, this show. Um, two best characters were Elrond and uh, uh, Duran. Is it Durin? Yeah, Durin. Um, yeah, so two best characters. Um, and then I got to tell you, the person who should have carried the show was the worst, the weakest link to me, and that was Galadriel. Which is very surprising. Yeah, I was very disappointed. My perfect example of how to explain this show is a polished turd. Because it looks gorgeous on the outside, but when you crack this thing open and you think about it for five minutes, it's shit. And that's what's so sad about it. It is. It is the most expensive show ever filmed. And you don't see a lick of that in the story. No. I, I mean, in fact, it's called The Rings of Power. Um, it, it's a complete dupe. They don't even mention it until the last episode. No. And the freaking timeline is all wrong. Well, yeah. That's the biggest problem with this. If you are even a slight fan of Tolkien, you're going to be pissed i mean i if if there weren't scenes with elrond and durin then i was completely taken out of the, the show yeah the best part of it was absolutely the dwarfs yeah they were very interesting and we're supposed and to be into interested in galadriel's journey and she was you know on her way to the undying lands and she jumped ship literally and we're supposed to follow her journey, and we're supposed to care about her. But this actress drove me freaking nuts, This okay? actress is doing something that I can only say is over-eye acting. Oh, God. She stares at everything. She over-facializes, like, all of her emotions. And none of it works. And when you take the whole plot of the whole first season of the show... And if you think back to everything that's happened, it is the most, circ like, the circumstances are insane. Yeah. There is no way that this was a plan. I feel like that, too. And, like, also, they're, they're coming back for a second season, which, of course, I'm going to watch it because now I have to. Um, but um, it just seems like they weren't even thinking about any kind of timeline at all. They well, just tossed all that out the window. They unfortunately, so the, what happened behind the scenes here is that Amazon, they bought all of the stories except the two they needed. For some reason, they have everything but these two stories that actually give you all the details to what happened in this age mm -hmm. that the show is taking place in. And they needed it. So basically what they did was said, well, we got some ideas of what we need, but we can't use any of the stuff we don't own. So we're going to make our own stuff up. But the problem is that plays into... The movies, the, the the stories that you already know. Right. And that is where the issue really comes in. Because 
it is insane. And and I gotta tell you, I've never. I'm gonna be the first to admit it. I have never read these books. Mm-hmm. I tried to read The Hobbit, and I passed out. There's Tolkien is very into explanation and setup, and I'm cool with that. But sometimes you need it like to get somewhere. And I've had a hard time reading these books, so I never really got into them. But I absolutely love Peter Jackson's original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And this show actually makes me hate some of it. And I didn't think that was possible. But now, getting into the lore of this show and having to go research online to what the fuck everything is... It made me hate the lore of the whole thing. Okay, I don't. I can't stand some of this because in my brain, I always assumed that these characters were all lived in Middle Earth and that there was all these species of creatures. But to find out that they're aliens from other sub-universes and things like that made me kind of pissed off. Yeah. And... It made me answer, have more questions, and those questions lead to garbage. Every time I get an answer, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's the answer? I know. And that's the show. And it happens throughout the whole first season of the show. You're just pissed off. I, I, am, I am pissed off. Yep. There's things that happen that you know that that's not possible. That's not possible. It seems like they're, they're completely ignoring everything that happened in the movies also in the books because the hobbits that are in this um universe here in rings of power are not even in the books i, I heard so yeah th- that's they're, they're just made up so that's what the one of the worst i think the mo- my biggest grievance of this entire show is how lazy and how stupid they think the people who are going to watch their show are they needed to do which they should have done is started with the thing, the event that happened before this, mm-hmm. because there's some really interesting stuff that starts, and they even kind of show it in a clip in the opening of this. Yeah. And you're kind of like, well, I wish I would have seen that, you know? But instead, they jumped in and they decided to treat everybody like they're stupid by saying, you know this guy's name, you know that character, do you remember this place? Right. And they're only doing that just to keep you. Like, this is close to the Peter Jackson thing, so we're going to have some hobbits. And she's going to look almost like Frodo. Oh, my gosh. The little girl that they got to play Nori. I was just going to say, watch her volume a little bit. Looks exactly like she could be like Frodo's ancestor or whatever. I feel like she is. No, but these these brandy, what are they, brandy brandy foots or whatever? They have nothing to do with anything. They're the worst thing on the show. The worst thing on the show, they're annoying as fuck. Which is insane because there's a lot of bad things. Yeah, but they're the worst thing about the show. They they are very unlikable. The worst about the show. Their plot line, which really pissed me off, their plot line is we never leave each other behind. And they constantly leave everybody behind. Yes. And they're like, screw that person. He's different. Let's leave. Yeah, I just And can't. I'm like, I hate you. I, I mean, they're just, they're awful. They're awful. And there's nothing cute about them. No. There's just nothing they're good. They're trying so hard to make them cute. Yeah. And like, you know, Galadriel is annoying. I, I can't. Our main characters. We finally get to see this amazing city of soldiers that's like set up. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be the best soldiers of all time. We meet these people. They're all dirtbags. And then the worst part is the queen 
Which is insane because that's a big thing in which also ruins the Lord of the Rings movies that there are no women queens and it's all about how women are going to stand up and start being stronger and that's like a running theme through the Peter Jackson stuff right but to say there was already a queen in thousands of years ago yeah he's like, like what, what the, the fuck, the fuck? okay he's going to ruin in that moment where I am no woman which is such an amazing moment when she kills the, the oh witch I am no man she says oh I am that's... no man I yeah I am no man yeah. I'm sorry no, I said it wrong no it's okay and uh that's a big moment, and it kind of takes away. Yeah, Eowyn's fighting with the men, and, you know, she puts on her helmet and hides her hair and everything, yeah. and, and she fights out there. And and she kills the friggin' Witch King, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was the most epic moment. Um, but in this show, I just feel like we've gone backwards in time. Like, I mean, yes, we have literally in the show, because it's supposed to be taking place years and years and years before all that. Thousands of thousands years Thousands of years before all that, but... I feel like what what is this? This would not have happened at all. And in this time frame, they just forget about the character Galadriel that she even had a husband and a son at this point. They actually write in a line of dialogue to say, "Yeah, I had a husband." Yeah, I don't know where he is. Yeah, no, Anyways, moving she, on. It, where's her son? Like it's just so stupid. Like what the? F- I, I uh, this upsets me so it, much. It's so wild. There's adding in a whole bunch of bullshit that has nothing to do with it and, at all. And it. It's so beautiful. They spent so much. Everything looks great. Although people can complain about the armor and some of the stunts, it is over-stylized. The fighting yes. is insanely over-stylized is, to the yeah. point where it's like no one can move without doing a pose. Right. And oh, it is, God, yeah. It's like it, hamming it up. It feels extremely forced. Yeah. And it seems like the people who were behind it just watched Legolas and said, we got to do that a lot. Yeah. And... Well, Legolas is badass. Yeah, no shit. But this, I mean, there was a few times where I was like, that looked cool. But without a doubt, every time it cut away from the whole dwarf plot line in Elrond, Mm -hmm. that's when I was just like, oh, I was over it. Can we go back to that? I was over it. There was a great scene between them, and their bromance. Is amazing, and the mm-hmm. actors are killing it in those scenes. They really are. But the show around it is just full of absurdity, and it really is. And uh, that is why I blame the writers. I'm not allowing this show to destroy Lord of the Rings for me. It is not going to happen because I I love Lord of the Rings so much, and I hold it so dear to yeah. my heart. This is an atrocity and it's a piece of crap and I don't know what the writers were thinking by changing all this stuff, but I, I'm I'm sticking with Peter Jackson. I, I am not gonna let this show ruin something I love so much. So I've I'm giving the show a five. And well, only because of the beauty that you can see in the show. Yeah. The ice maker's on. The ice maker just decided to work. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, here's the funny thing about this. I struggle with reviewing this season because I have seen way worse TV. And I have of sat course. through some bad stuff. Yeah. And it gave it a chance. Like, gave, you know. But what's funny is when you know that there's a billion dollars behind this season mm-hmm. and you know that they had a lot of time and a lot of thought to do this show. And what they we got, you, you, my my expectations are already high. 
Like, I can watch a CW show and give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And I, but I know it's on the cheap. And I know they only have a few sets, and they're really trying to hold their budget. This show is like, fuck the budget. We're going to do anything, you know? They and had still all this couldn't money. do anything amazing. Yeah, they had like, all this money, and they, they fucked it up. And it's like, why, man? There are fans of this shit that you are letting down big time. It's hard for me to give this one five. I, I, there's a part, I just, there's a part of me that wants to give this six just because I have seen worse and there are moments here and there. I mean, you forgot about things that happened in the the show that you're like, okay, well, what happened to them? Like the elf that was with the village. Well, the last episode basically says, oh, remember all those characters that were kind of set up? We're going to cut away from there and show them. Oh yeah. In Isildur, who we know. What has happens to be to alive, him. yeah. And it's like, come there, on. There, I can, if I'm allowed to bring up one plot line that I just found laughable, it is there is a woman on the show who's the queen. She is first off, a volcano explodes, and everybody is showered in an ash cloud. They would have died from the heat. Mm-hmm. But everybody in the show that's important survives. But the funniest thing ever is that the queen is just blinded. Uh-huh. And she was the one her standing closest. Isn't burned. She, yeah. She's nothing has happened to her. Mm-hmm. She's just fine. She looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's just now blind. And she keeps telling people, I don't want anybody to know I'm blind. And the next scene, they wrap her eyes. Yeah. It's, it's like, you don't want anybody to know that you're blind. Maybe not wrap your eyes. I know. It's ridiculous. The first thing the woman says is, Are you blind? I could not stop laughing. I'm like, What is this? I know. And. In the last episode, we cut back to them again. We don't cut back to actual hanging plot lines we're interested about, like a sword made out of smoke or um, a sealed door trapped in fire. We don't cut back to any of that. Instead, we have to watch her walking around her ship blind. Yeah. And I was like... And useless dialogue underneath them. We didn't need to cut back to them. Yeah, in the cargo um, area of the ship, useless dialogue with her and... Basically just, just like, hammering in again what yeah. we already knew. I'm like, I don't need this. I don't Bad. need it. I was pissed. Yeah. I, I was actually pretty, pretty pissed. And that's why yeah. I gave this a five. Because I am I was really, really hoping for something amazing because I love Lord of the Rings so much. As angry as I am, stylish, like the CG is incredible. The sets are incredible. There is some really interesting stuff. There, There are some, like I said... There is a plot line that is actually very interesting. There are some cool little moments here and there. It's hard for me to go to a five. But yeah, this one is severely disappointing. It's very bad. It's very and, bad. Like, and I don't even know if it's very bad. It's it's I think it's because we're so disappointed that we're negative like this. Well, I'm yeah, I know that I'm taking it a notch. Yeah, I gave Iron uh, Fist you know, more of a chance than this. So yeah. to me it's like I'm taking it to eleven because, you know, I I mean, it, I can't be let down when it comes to Lord of the Rings. I just can't be let down. I just can't. I mean, I think that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is hands down one of the most perfect things on, on planet Earth. I love it. Are you finally understanding why I am always so disappointed and so ne- like so sad after we watch a DC product? Yes, I get it. Because it's one of the things that you love and you hold so in high regard and <laughs> close to your heart. And like when someone fucks it up and, you Feels like you know, a kick in the nuts. I did get a kick in the nuts. You got a punch in the boob. I got a punch. In, I got a real big punch a in the boob. Punch. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, I don't L- like it. Lord of the Rings gets three tit punches out of five. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm very disappointed. I don't want to give it a five. I want to give it a six. Okay. I just want to be a little more generous. But I am severely disappointed. And the reason I think that I'm ha- I'm so negative on it is that I found it so severely disappointing. Yeah, it, it was it was a wreck. It was a wreck. Yeah, so, it, I I know that a five is probably what it deserves. It does deserve. But a I'm five. gonna give it a little bit more credit for a, a lot of set pieces and a, you know fuck that's it, what I'm fuck it you're getting right no it's getting it's getting four nut kicks out of five for me it's getting a big old five yeah you're right you know what because honestly set pieces um the, they were beautiful and there were some moments yeah. in the show that were great but otherwise those moments belong to elron and durin yeah and they can't single-handedly save this atrocity and okay? here and here's the thing right when i was just talking to you and i was trying to to sway myself to give it a six and the reason i just said five all of a sudden is because i remember the entire sequence where there's an elf character who is like in a prison camp mm-hmm. and in the middle of a war zone and he just gets out yeah and, and they just got past all of his friends it's just like an episode just like a throwaway yeah it's like I whatever just, i just remember how bored i was watching that and it, being it like, was it was dreadful like yeah. what are you what there's are you an, thinking there's you know? an evil elf that's more interesting than everybody in the entire show and we didn't even go back to him yep. anyways yeah five. Yep, five you're right you're getting to five you know and, I, I just can't and now we're going to talk about another very interesting thing that i am very interested to talk about all right let's do and it that is marvel's latest show she hulk <laughs> this is not the one i thought you were gonna pick <laughs> I'm ending it on one that I'm very interested in talking oh, about. Good lord, I thought you were gonna say House of the Dragon, but I guess it's too well. Much. I don't even want to. We should actually just do a sub sub little conversation to Lord of the Rings. Well, we're watching Lord of the Rings the same exact time, and it's very hard not to compare. I know we don't need to because they're completely different properties. Nothing really similar about them at all, except medieval type stuff mm-hmm. and 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 like mythology and like dragons and like crazy stuff. Watching those two side by side was like light and dark. It was so insane for me because whereas people love Game of Thrones and I also enjoyed Game of Thrones overall, I also found a lot of disappointment throughout Game of Thrones that a lot of people just seem to not want to see. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll talk about and, that one later. We'll, well talk no, about I'm, I'm because no, because I just want to do this aside because we don't even need to talk about it because okay. let's just both agree. House of the Dragon was brilliant. Yeah, it was really It good. was fantastic. Yeah, it was. And, and and that was why I wanted to just say it real quick because you brought it up. Yeah. It is like night and day. House of the Dragon is so good and it is subtle and it is slowly building characters and it is doing really interesting, intriguing like battles in wit and behind and it's a, and then watching characters grow and seeing them do interesting things and then getting those moments brilliant it's just brilliant whereas lord of the rings did just threw so much at you you had 80 main characters in lord of the rings yeah you did and on um house of the dragon you have characters but each one of them feels so established that you actually know that yeah but you can admit that uh every (laughs) anyone everyone and anyone with white hair is a demon (laughs) well i mean (laughs) yeah but god they're gross 
Well, she, yeah. She, oh my god. Oh my it, god. That birthing. One thing, of the most yeah. inter- like one of the most fascinating characters like, there, I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Although, at the same time, as good as I found House of the Dragon, it also is uh, the show going out of its way to make incest sexy. Yeah. Okay. And it is very fucking bizarre. You cannot. You cannot romanticize it's so incest. Weird. It's fucking gross. It's the it's the funniest thing that the things that people okay and disagree with. You know, people will be like that Jeffrey Dahmer show. Why do we need it? We didn't need to know all about it. We didn't need to know. And they're kind of like they're kind of like justifying murder. Like they're kind of like hyping it. And it's like no, they're not. Yeah. If you watch the whole show, but over here in House of Dragons, everybody's like. It's brilliant! Yay! This yeah, is, you guys are glorifying incest, yeah, murder. Like, you guys are a little friggin' weird in I what mean, you guys pick and they, love and not. It's odd. It, it's it's so it's so out it's so out of control how people love the um you know House of the Dragon and all that stuff, Game of Thrones. It, literally every person is doing someone in their fucking family okay it's insane it's so gross and like the way that they you know just how awful and just disgusting these people are they film it like it's hot they do and you know i mean this is you're talking about the king of saris who was what is he in his 40s he he marries like a 12 year old they're all marrying it's like Oh, okay. Well, you're eight years old. Well, you know, we should hurry up and marry you off. Yeah. It's fucking gross. It's disgusting. If and I everyone's can, fine with it. If I can add the perfect example why this bothers me so much, everybody on House of the Dragons, like, or watching House of Dragons, like, oh, I love it. Then meanwhile, over on Dexter, everybody was like, oh my God, Deb loves his her brother. They're not actual brother and sister. On House of the Dragon, they're literally like, Uncle and yeah. aunt, they're all they're related. They're all uncle and niece, and they're all related okay and, and fucking second cousins and first cousins, and they're all marrying each other and having sex with each other and inbreeding yeah. and all this shit. Meanwhile, and Dexter worked up an entire plot line that these two were in love, and then at the last minute they had to act like, nope, that's not a thing because fans were freaking out. And that's fucking nuts. So I, I just thought that was that's so interesting. By the way, the Brady's... They were all men for each other. I know that they were like stepsister and brother, but <laughs> if this was on House of the Dragon, the Brady Bunch would have been okay. Oh God, Marsha and Greg. Yep. Good Lord. But, um, yeah. They had that that uh, it, it's not a bedsheet. You said it's a curtain a between them. Curtain. Can we not call curtains bedsheets anymore? <laughs> That's anyway, a joke for another episode, nerd. guys. Um. um so okay. yeah, I mean. Thanks for bringing that up because it is a perfect night and day thing to talk about. Uh, House of Dragon is so good, whereas Lord of the Rings was such a disappointment. And it was. surprising after Game of Thrones last season was kind of a letdown to have House of the Dragon shock me at how good it was. Yeah. But now, yeah. It was good. Going to the thing I want to talk about, She-Hulk. This is a multi-year journey you're about to embark on. Who's your best friend? Nikki. Spandex. Spandex is your best friend. Being a Hulk asks for balance. You have so much more to learn. Yes! So I'm clearly nailing it at all these things. If you want to go back to your life as a lawyer, I, I respect that. 
He doesn't mean that. Oh, uh, this is a really, really interesting conversation. This show, I, I think it, I think it really opens up a floodgate of talking. So many things I want to talk about here because She Hulk. I think how many episodes was this thing? Um, I want to say it was ten. Yeah, it, I mean, I feel like it had to be about ten episodes. Although some of those episodes felt like an eternity. Yeah. Um, the lead actress nine, in this nine, nine episodes. episodes. Wow. The lead actress in this. I like her. I did not mind her. But okay. until she started twerking, then I'm out. Well, that was the look, it this show went out of its way to completely play up to to just conversations. It tried to play every like every card. And that's to me it felt like this isn't a real person. And it's not. Like the the whole show and we'll get to that because the end of it basically made up for a lot of it. But to me, there was so much wasted time on placating to anything that's being talked about in society today. And the show was just really, really harping on it and trying really hard to the point where nothing felt genuine. Everything felt so faked and forced, even dialogue. And the first episode, when people were already freaking out, I, had, I said, this isn't the worst. I've seen worse. This is okay. Second episode, okay, still on board. This isn't the worst. But then it got really off rail. And about three and four, maybe five, I don't even remember now, they were like, wow, this is some trash TV. Like, it just felt trashy. Like, there's an entire episode, like, dedicated to talking about social media and how she wants to fight for her name and it just it just felt so forced into the plot it just felt so stupid and wasting and and virtually the entire show is ally mcbeal and it feels so ripping of it like to me like where where they're breaking the wall and they're doing like memes are coming they did this shit in the 90s so it's kind of like shocking to me, you know, that this is people, there's like a camp that absolutely thinks this is genius. And there's another camp that just hates this. So I think it's really interesting. And I also would say the entire idea that men are the devil kind of sucks to me. I just think it's just so negative. And what's really funny is the show is going out of its way to do a conversation about how men like look at women, look down on women and, and they're down on women. And yes, there are tons of terrible men. But at the same time they're doing that on the show, they're talking about how they're swiping past guys because they're not attractive enough or they're just not sexy enough or they don't have a good enough job. And I'm like, you know, you're doing the exact same thing that you're saying that you don't like, which is where I, I can't help but go, what, what's the message? Because you're doing the thing. So every time she hooks up with a guy who she thinks is good looking and has good muscles, she gets mad when they're dirtbags. And every time there's like a good looking guy, oh, like a, a, a decent guy, we don't see those people in the show at all. We, every time we see a guy who is not good looking, he's a fucking, you know, a terrible human being, a disgusting person. And I just was like, 
what what are you doing here like what is your message like your overall message is like you know female empowerment i'm down but you also got to realize you're doing the exact same thing that you hate in your thing so it's kind of bizarre and i also would say that the show overall is the big problem with marvel i don't know going forward in this time you're very quiet and it's making me weirded out no i'm just listening to you i have my own thoughts so go ahead finish oh i'm seeing so many things here um no but marvel has a problem overall marvel to me right up till infinity war was pretty damn good to me it had some interesting storylines some really interesting stuff characters Although using humor a lot of the time, and it was definitely talked about that a lot of the characters were becoming recyclable humor characters. Oh, he's funny. Oh, this character's funny. And that was like every Marvel character. There were characters who had different traits. And now, after, I think it happened during Endgame, some of the characters started becoming full-on cartoon characters. Whereas Marvel worked really hard, and I think that all these comic book movies have been working really hard for a really long time, trying to get away from that stereotype of, oh, it's a comic. So it's like kitty. And they're trying to make them adult. So you have like Winter Soldier, which is like a better Jason Bourne movie than the Jason Bourne movies to me. Yeah, and I like Winter Soldier. You have the Iron Man movies. Like I know people talk shit about Iron Man 3, but it was a serious, interesting story about a guy going through something and it just so happened to have subplot of, of supervillain. Mm-hmm. And... You have Infinity War where they're sacrificing all these people and it's so sad and it's like, what the hell? You would never be able to do that in this world where they go, oh, it's just a comic book. It's cheesy. But now we're doing the exact same thing that we got away from for all of these years. So She-Hulk to me embodies that. It, 100% the problem with, with Marvel going forward. And especially this last phase they call them phases, mm-hmm. and I think this is phase four, and this is, and it just ended now with Wakanda forever. Uh, but She-Hulk, it goes out of its way to basically ruin a ton of characters, which very strange. We have a character named Wong that showed up in Doctor Strange, and he's known for Doctor Strange. He is a guy who's super serious. He's a Tibetan monk, like he's in the monk. He's a monk, and he. Gave his life to the, the cause of the Sorcerer Supreme. And he's super serious. Now, he's a big comical guy. He watches uh, bad TV now. And he's uh, hanging out with uh, ditzy girls that are drunk. And well, they're I having little martini dates. That's and because he's got overexposure. He's been overexposed. Well, he's, now, he showed up in Shang-Chi. He's, um, yeah, but now, the more we see him, the more wacky he's getting. And the same yeah, thing it, with... that's what I'm saying. It's overexposure. He's Even been, overexposure, he just jumped into the most overexposed, over-the-top character ever. He wasn't that character I don't just think, two movies ago. Yeah, and I don't think that... I mean, they shouldn't have forced Wong down our throat. That sounds funny. But they shouldn't have done that. No, I'm cool with seeing think, characters show up. Yeah, once in a while. But character the same. Yes, but once in a while. He's been showing up in every show, in every movie. It's okay. like, okay, you're totally... Like I said, you're saying overexposure, but when a character completely shifts and gets more comical with each viewing, yeah, like Thor, 
Yeah. Exactly. Phase four, Thor is completely a huge joke. Thor is a mimbo now. Okay. It's It's, it's not even funny anymore. It's not funny at all. Endgame. That's what I said in uh, in Endgame. It it just, he was fat Thor. He's a joke. And it sucks. The last Thor movie sucked. I I mean, I mean, mean, we might not have liked it that much, but he is, it's just so widely seen now. It's just one big comical joke. It is. And every character, and the it, the Abomination shows up. Tim Roth comes back from the first Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton. And finally, why is this character not showing up again? He was an interesting character. He was a soldier who gave his life to saving the world from Hulk because Hulk was seen as a villain. Now, he's a fucking joke. This is a guy who was a super serious soldier who wanted to... He's like, in the show, this is a really interesting thing they could have actually explored. He was like, I thought I was going to be the next Captain America. Mm-hmm. And this this could have embraced... This could have done that thing that people want from their villains, right? They want these villains to be established. Because Marvel's always had a villain problem. Except for Thanos, who is so set up. And some of the other characters, like Loki, they've gone through arcs. They've gone through changes. Some of them, like... Um, I'm trying to think of some bad guys that have shown up and died in one movie. They they don't get their their establishment. They don't get a character. They're just evil. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sucks. Like Ronan, the accuser from Guardians 1. He just is a bad guy. I just want to kill everybody. Okay, well, that's stupid. But the Abomination is an interesting character who's actually a good guy that everything went wrong for and he should be angry. And now... He's like, no, I'm a monk, and I'm peaceful now, and I want to live on a on a um a commune with uh, my wives. And he's a huge joke. Yeah. I'm like, what a waste to actually establish or dive deep into a character and completely throw it out. And I think that this show did that whole thing. And the most cardinal sin, which is crazy, this is probably the second best episode in the whole show. Is Daredevil shows up? Yeah, and I was waiting through the whole entire show for Daredevil to show up. And so Daredevil shows up in a show that feels like it's in another universe. It feels like the CW's DC shows more than it does a Marvel show, mm-hmm. especially since we've come off so many other big Marvel shows. So this one comes now. Daredevil shows up, and now Daredevil is cute, funny, and happy. The Daredevil the we know opposite of that is the Daredevil is, we know is a brooding. Yes, he has gone through some shit. Yeah, and he is miserable. I mean, he's not sitting there having picnics with family members and you know laughing and wearing colored checkered shirts and yeah, and you know is like is that what, what we want? Is no. that what we want from our characters no, to go I, forward? I don't. And see, the thing is about the show is that I, I give the show very little credit. I, I like uh, some of the aspects. You know, she talks to the camera. She does that in the comic. You know, she talks to the audience, is what I mean. Um, uh, you know, and there's like some little things that make you go, oh, that's, you know, that's that's cool. You know, some of the things that happen in the show. But overall, this show feels like it was made for 14, 15-year-old girls. Okay? This is ridiculous. It And also the character Titania that Jamila Jamil is playing, it, it, it's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. It's like they're all Kardashians. And, you know, everyone's a freaking Kardashian. And we're supposed to, like, relate to Jennifer because, you know, she's your everyday person. You know, yes, she's a lawyer. She's super smart. 
Um, but she's still like an everyday person, but I don't relate to her because I feel like it's almost like, okay, you're cute. You are a lawyer. There's no guy out there that you can find that's a decent guy. Like every single fucking guy that she meets is a piece of shit. It's like, come on, man. Everybody is a piece of shit. Everybody, everybody. The only person that's nice to her is Bruce. And we well, only get to see... there's another guy that she works with who is... He just pops up whenever the plot feels like he needs to be. Yeah, he just shows up sometimes. And her... Even, like, her assistant is a Kardashian. I mean, they're so unlikable. They're just unlikable characters. There's nobody in the show besides Ruffy, you know, Ruffalo, that I can stand. I mean, uh, they're all awful. There's well, The side characters in the show are terrible. They just are. And there's nothing in the show that... I, you know, I would be crafting during the show, and I mean, I'd look up once or twice, and I'd just be like, "Oh God!" And then they throw like, um, you know, uh, cameo people in there. Like, a, there's a rapper at one point, and they're in her office twerking. I'm like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" They say this woman's name throughout that episode at least 25 times, and it is. I don't know. I kept saying. This is a made-up thing, right? And it, no, it's a real Apparently rapper. Apparently, everybody knows who it is. I, know, I, I was no shocked because I, I'm so detached. But it blew my mind that 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 was like the thing. Like that's so hype. Like it's so hyped up. It, it blew my mind. I'm really interested in, in if you're able to say anything about it. But you uh you have worked in law before, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you've worked in offices like this. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this depiction of women is accurate? No, I work in an office with very professional women yeah. um, who, you know, don't twerk in the middle of the well, office. Well, no, beyond that, but I mean, well, like the, the, the sexism aspects. No. Everyone... I, I, when you talked about that while we were watching it, I mm-hmm. thought that was... Good to hear. Yeah, we absolutely do not have that in my office. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it does. But the but, rampant way that this is shown. The way they're pushing it in your face. Yeah. No, everybody respects everybody else, you know, in my work environment. I mean, for the most part, you know, there's yeah. no, there's no, um, I mean, in like a metaphor way, like ass grabbing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's none of that. So, like this show, it just seems like I like I told you, it's made for like fourteen year old girls. Like it's it's, it's ridiculous. It's very, and this is sad too because there are moments throughout it that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. There is some fun stuff, like like we said, her talking to the camera. There's some fourth wall breaking that is pretty good, like her joking around about, oh, I hope Daredevil comes back, that hot piece of ass, and all that kind of stuff. Like funny. That's funny. Yeah, you no, know? She, like, there are some funny her moments. Her looking at them, it's like, oh, is there going to be another cameo in it? Oh, my God, we got another one? Yeah. There's some other stuff, like, out of the blue, we have to watch other law cases for other characters. Like, there's a character who keeps jumping out windows because he doesn't want to be married. So yeah. So he keeps killing himself. Yeah. It's not funny, and it cuts away from the actual plot. And I guess we should talk about the CG a little bit, too, because when she turns into She-Hulk... The joke is that she's like, perfect, fine. It's kind of awkward. I think that she looks very comical. I think that, okay, 
Everything about her, it looks like animatronic, you know? And, you know, just fuck the fact that, okay, yeah, she has short curly hair and then it suddenly becomes long and straight. That's a part of the joke. Okay, yeah. well, fuck that. Fine, we'll just move past that. It's just how comical... Or I should say. Yeah, how, how comical the CG is on her face. Like, it's almost like not in sync with what should really be happening. It, it's odd. And, it's, it's creepy, too. But here's the funniest part. The last episode was pretty good the last episode was the strongest one to me it but, was really like good. again you know we did have daredevil sitting having a picnic and laughing like he was yeah. you know the the next door neighbor you know oh come come over and have a picnic with my family and they're all laughing together and i mean he looked like uh, you know a middle-aged dad like yeah, what the I fuck mean, his secret identity should be really out there now yeah cause... like how dare you do that to daredevil see what i did how dare you do that to daredevil uh, see what i did i'll see myself without out. fear um <laughs> so yeah i mean i thought the last episode was pretty damn funny and i actually like that it basically said the whole show really went downhill and it made a whole joke about she it she even made a joke she's like is this how we're gonna do the last yeah, the like, last really? episode is where we're going with this whole thing yeah like she made a joke about she it she basically breaks the fourth wall and goes into the offices of the writers and it's like this sucks and i was kind of like okay if this is where we we're heading, this is funny. But man, did you not need some of these subplots like another law case with the guy character who Well, oh, don't bad. don't forget about the the hacker who's destroying her good name on social media and it making her out end. to be a villain. Yeah. And that's stupid crap. And then we have to go see their whole meeting of the you know, oh, yeah, I can't even take yeah. it. It was it was not a good show. Basically I mean, throwing away like a whole bunch of like like established supervillains in the comics and they just were like we're all jokes yeah and it's like oh that's a shame and i feel bad something interesting with these characters i think so too and i feel bad they drove um you know they 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 dragged ruffy into it because i was so happy that he was in it and i was so happy to see him and i was like well okay well he'll save the show for me because i love him but he didn't Uh, and, and here's the thing yeah there are some of the themes that they're talking about here are important some of the themes are very interesting and they do need to be discussed in society. And I'm down with it. But the way that they go about it, the way that they don't organically write these things, they nothing organically happens. Everything yeah. is forced. It's forced and kitty. And, it's and it, kitty. It's not only this show. It's almost every damn thing now. It's getting to be like, when did pandering become the best thing ever? Right. Why does everybody want it? Right. It, we should not want it. We should want more. More of these themes, more of these things explored in organic ways where everybody feels like, I understand this thing. Mm-hmm. And to see this kind of thing either being in, like talked about highly or just as the worst thing bothers me in both sets because there are things here that are decent. There are things that are, that are really interesting. And there are things here to talk about. But do it smart. And what I don't like is the way in which this last phase of Marvel and this show in particular virtually dumps on all the characters we love. They go out of their way because in this show alone, I think they mention like they shit on all the established characters. Like I think they went out of their way and they said, oh, what am I supposed to be a rich billionaire that had everything handed to him and make a suit? Yeah. And it's like, wow, you shit on Tony Stark, the guy who saved the planet. Like, 
in this universe. This yeah. guy saved And you want to know what's fucking funny about that, too? Is Iron Man single-handedly sparked up the freaking MCU. He's the reason we have this stuff. Yeah, so... And the same thing with, with, with Hulk, with, mm-hmm. with Ruffalo's Hulk. Virtually, they basically go out of their way to say that all that stuff that happened didn't happen because n- now the Hulk is not always angry. He's Zen, and he's got to be peaceful, and you have to meditate. Well, that was what Edward Norton wanted to do, and he got fired from coming back. He was replaced with Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is like, I'm always angry, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why my big secret is I'm trying to be happy to not be the Hulk. Right. And he goes out of his way to say, I tried to kill myself, and I did all these things, and I've lost my whole life, and I had to go on the run. And she's like, yeah. I've had it worse. Anything you've ever had, I've had it worse because I'm a woman and I work in a law firm. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, this sucks. You're just shit on established characters that we're supposed to love. And now we're supposed to go, I love this? I can't do it. I know. I, I thought everything in this show was goofy beyond just goofy beyond anything. I love the I, fourth wall breaking. I love that stuff. And I would love to see a character like this with Deadpool. That would be fun to me, but no, but Deadpool, just doing Deadpool. the Alan McBeal washover yeah. with She-Hulk and Marvel feels so, it just feels lazy. It does. And Dead, first of all, getting back to Deadpool really quick, he's he's a freaking, you know, motor mouth nutcase, you know? He, he, Which would he's be funny, funny to see She-Hulk in him. And it, yeah, and he could be in this universe and, and you know, slide in uh, and it would, would be interesting, perfect. but not... not just leave Daredevil alone. I mean, now, uh, how are we going to go forward with Daredevil knowing that he's like, you know, he's like a freaking, you know, middle-aged dad? Because that's the way he feels in the show. She-Hulk's side piece. It's very, ridiculous. very interesting. I don't know. I, it's very odd. But you know what? Hawkeye also ruined Kingpin. So we're pretty much on the downward spiral. That's true. Spiral. I did not care for Hawkeye either. But yeah, Marvel is not... I don't know. I mean, it's and I hear a lot of people absolutely love the stuff that we don't like, and I I just feel like did you not enjoy the stuff before, because it had a serious tone, and now we're back to not serious. Yeah. So like, it's I kinda, just think it's they need sad to, to me. they need to do something because like restructure or do something because like I mean I liked I liked Wandavision. But I didn't like the character of Agatha enough for her to have her own freaking show. It's not necessary. But I guess going forward, because of what happened in The Last Doctor Strange, we don't have that magical aspect now. So she's still out there. And I think that she would be she would be freed after what happened in the events of that movie. So I'm, I'm interested why they're going to do that. Who knows? It could be interesting. But I'll check anything out. Well. But... I mean, I'm, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm giving She-Hulk a four. A four, huh? I did not like it. Overall, as a as a show, I tried. I, like I said, I was crafting and I was watching it and looking up. And every time I looked up, I'm like, what the fuck did I look up for? This is stupid. Yeah. You know? And then at the end, they were doing some fun things, you know, with the camera work and stuff. But it's not enough to save the show for me. Overall, this show was goofy. It was goofy, and they they totally messed up Daredevil for me. Yeah, you know, it, it just I think it's a shame because if Phase Five is anything like this mess of Phase Four was, and what She Hulk is establishing, and even Miss Marvel kind of did, which I kind of dug some of Miss Marvel, but some of it was also the She Hulk stuff, very very similar in that sense. 
if it, we're going forward and this is more of what we're getting, I'm not excited for the future. No, I'm not. But I mean, we. I mean, the next I, up that we have for Marvel is uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Well, that's going to so, be the opening of the next phase. And yeah. We're sooner or later going to get X Men back, and we're going to sooner or later get Fantastic Four. Siri, super serious characters. And if we're in the universe of She Hulk and Miss Marvel and stuff, I don't know how those properties will work. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine a Wolverine mixed into that. I, I just can't imagine it. No, and I can't either. It's kind of weird. But at the same time, I, I said so many things, so many thoughts about this and my thoughts about the whole Marvel in general. You kind of kind of a little quiet on it, but I'm I'm letting go. Well, I'm gonna because let it go. I'm ranting. Just, I mean, there's a, I like I know you love talking about comics and stuff. So Well, I just like talking about I love movies and I love pop culture in general and I want to see the best thing happen for them all. Of course, but no, I just wanted to let you get your thoughts out and stuff and I mean, I I can't really um give an emotional um really well thought out um review of She-Hulk because I just out and out a lot of the time, um, you know, I kind of zoned well, out. I kind of, it kind of just. I think it lost that as me. like, uh, of course, there's going to be that thing where I'm saying this negativity about the things that the show is trying to talk about as a man, and so there will be that mm-hmm. idea that as a man, I don't know where I'm talking about. No, I, I, and so as I a can woman, tell you, you're more able. Well, I think that they make um, the well, the women in the show are so over the top. Like, you know, how they think that women are treated and just like you said, like it works both ways, guys. It works both ways. Like, you know, men want a beautiful, sexy woman and women want a hot, sexy guy that makes money. And that is the freaking truth of it. Okay. If whether you want to admit it or not, yeah. like you can sit there and play the victim all you want. Like, oh God, it's so hard to find a, you know, a nice guy. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not hard. Okay. But your criteria for, you know, wanting, you know, what you want, maybe that's a little high up there. Maybe you just, you know, need to come down a notch because there are nice guys out there. You know, and there's not, and you know, give them a chance, give them a chance, you know, it's not yeah. all about, you know, abs and, you know, how much money they make. Maybe you got a really nice guy out there who's willing to go to the end of the earth for you. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't look like Chris Hemsworth. I mean, these people are not he real. A, he's a dreamy dude. But I mean, come on. These people are not freaking real. He's like a, a Ken doll. But like. You know, in this show, Jennifer was making it seem like, oh, my God, it's so hard to find a good guy. No, what are you looking for? Yeah. Okay, you're looking for some dream, some, some like, you know, crazy facade. It, you know, whatever you're looking for, it's ridiculous. You know, you can't have... First of all, there's no such thing as a perfect person, okay? There is something that I believe in called the perfect person for you. And there, I feel like there is somebody out there for everybody. But I think in this show, they're just completely showing you that guys can be superficial, yes, but women can also be vapid and superficial. And and they look at guys as though, oh, what you're doing is wrong because you're just looking for a girl with, you know, big boobs and, you know, arm candy. But they're doing the same exact thing that guys yeah, are doing. We, we're, we're very, very lucky to not have dealt with social media and dating. We've been together for a long time now. We've never had to deal 
with that insanity right. the kids of today oh have to no go i mean now it's now, insane if i like but, i always say it if you left me tomorrow i would never ever date because <laughs> i could seriously not stand like how like the getting to know you mindless chit chat and then you find out that you're not compatible and it was a waste of time and I, and especially how dangerous it is today even more so to date and stuff with crazy shit going on in the world I, I just couldn't do it. So I understand it is hard. I am sure I could yeah. not do it. So I give you guys well, all the credit. I'm just I'm yeah. just saying that you know girls and guys want the same thing. Yeah, and I was just gonna say like we we haven't had to deal with the swipe left swipe, or right, left whatever the hell or right. it is, which the show does as a joke. And also at the same time, it's like, oh, how come I'm not getting any guys to swipe me, but I'm swiping these guys because I'm looking at them and judging them as a piece of crap. Yeah, and I'm like that. But you Isn't know that what? The though? same problem. But how many people are really projecting themselves on Tinder as who they really are? Yeah. You know, like think about it. I mean, if if you know anyone can sign up, what you know, and you want to find somebody and you want to impress that person, yeah, just change a few details or add in some things. You know, not everybody is fully honest on Tinder. I'm sure, and I hear that from my friends who are on Tinder a lot. It's 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 very difficult. For them yeah so I, I couldn't do it and i i give I everybody either. credit to, I, I don't you know, know how they who does it. that but you this know. And, and overall what i would like to say about it in the end is that it's super it just comes off as cynical yeah and it makes me really miss the simple times of star trek <laughs> and how hopeful it was yeah. and a lot of people don't understand why people really gravitated to a star trek for a long time is because it was about good. Yeah. It was just about being good. And I don't know if we have that anymore on TV. No, like, we don't. It's all cynical, depressing. It just it is like shit. you know, like teen angst and you know, not knowing who you are as a as a human and being completely, you know, cut off from the world and all that stuff. And I did, you're right. I mean, Gene Roddenberry, he knew. Back he in 1966, vision. he yeah. wanted everyone to just be the same, be equal. You know, not, you know, because oh, you're a different species. I can't be friends with you. I can't marry you. I can't love you. That that wasn't in Gene Roddenberry's, uh, yeah. you know, mind This ever. guy, to the last days of his life, was fighting. No, in my show, humans won't be fighting humans. We work together. Right. And... Have we ever had anything do that again? The no. Walking Dead lasted, I think it just ended recently. And it was on for like 11 years. And it just showed how terrible everybody was to each other. Yeah. That's what the show was about. For 11 years, cynical, depression, gar- just, oh my God. Like, I don't know how people would do that. Well, that's why we gave up. Yeah. But, yeah. With but this is... Uh... This one, I, I can't get behind it because I think it's too, like ridiculous number one um this character is super cute and she's you I know do think there's potential going forward yeah, for her to do something interesting there's potential but i think she number one needs to stop being like she wallows in her own self-pity a lot and she also needs to leave daredevil alone that's it <laughs> i like in the end of the show the last thing was uh oh uh when you're needed by the avengers and she's like oh really and he's like no just kidding that won't happen and i was kind of <laughs> like for a moment i was like it could be interesting. 
But I know that she breaks the fourth wall, so it's kind of odd to mix that character in with those characters. But yeah, you already mix, mix Wong and Daredevil and Abominations and Hulk. So these things have happened. Yeah, I but, mean, if you're going to do that, fine. You know, that I think she would actually do better mixed in with a group as opposed to carrying her own show. I personally feel that way simply because everything on this show was just goofy. It was, it was just ridiculous. Everything was over the top in the show. And there were some cute moments. I'm not going to lie, you know, at the end and stuff. But I hope um, they are given it. I always want these shows. I, I don't want shows to never come back. I always think... Give them a chance to grow. You got to get some breathing in, you know, and you got to grow. And I think a show like this has a chance to become something more. Yeah, I so do I too. So I kind of want to see more. But even if I didn't love it, so uh, I, I, I think I'm giving this one another five. Okay. Or I think another six, actually. A, a six. Okay. I think it may be a five or a six. I, I, it, it's, mm. it's a tough one because the end made up for almost everything. There was that funny episode with Daredevil in the middle. With a with a ribbit or ribbit guy, which made me laugh. Um, there are moments here. The first couple episodes didn't bother us. You had nine episodes, so you go through in your mind I all know. those nine episodes and replay them, and you tell me if you still think this show is a six. This is it's a, a five. I mean, I'll just go with five. I'm not going under that. It it's it was goofy. It was goofy. I don't even want to give it a five. It it, it really didn't bother me as much. But I just think it does have problems, and it does represent to me the problem going forward with Marvel movies. And by the way, I love Marvel movies. I want them to continue. I'm sick of all, all the big directors talking crap about it. They need to stop. It's just jealousy and stupid. They're literally keeping movie theaters afloat. So why talk shit about them? Right. Anyways, with that note, yeah. it's Black Friday. Black Friday. Don't go shopping. Stay home in your bed. Say, let's go buy some shit. No, uh, yeah, online. <laughs> yeah, it was Cyber Monday. That's me on my phone All buying right. stuff on my phone. Let's go finish the two other shows we've started recently. Oh, okay. So I also heard about 1899. I'm told we have to binge watch that one. Oh, God. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're behind so many shows. Yep. All right. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, thanks for listening to our rant. That was a long rant, but um, yeah, we watched a couple of shows and. Yeah, that's that's all we got for you. So yeah. thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Love you. Have a good one. Wow, Jesus, what the hell, man? Still in control, no overwhelming feelings of rage. No, a normal amount of rage.